Amen. Get right into the word. Good to see y'all this morning. Praise God. I'm going to go to the book of 2 Timothy in the New Testament. 2 Timothy. It's so good to see you all. Thank you, Brother Nord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Praise God. You got to just say amen. amen. Praise God. Okay, the Bible reads as follows. All scripture. What does all mean? What does all mean in the Greek? All. (laughs) All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, every good work. For a few minutes this morning, I want us to entertain the question, is it profitable? Is it profitable? Look at your neighbor and say, is it profitable? And you may be seated presence of our life-changing king praise god the story is told of a young woman by the name of cynthia and cynthia was on an elevator with 12 other people and as the elevator was going up to their destination The elevator got stuck. Anybody ever been on a stuck elevator before? As you can imagine, mayhem began to break out. Everybody except Cynthia was frantically crying out as a result of the elevator stopping before it reached their destination. People began to to bang on the elevator. They began to scream out loud. They began to, to, to swear. They began to do all kind of things. They began to call out. Even to God, even those that didn't know God began to call out to them. But Cynthia was was calm. She was cool. She was collected. While everybody was screaming and everybody was yelling, Cynthia calmly walks over to the other side of the elevator. Everybody's screaming in the background and she picks up the phone. And she puts the phone to her ear and there's a lady on the other side who says, Is there a problem? And Cynthia calmly says, with people screaming in the background, beating on the elevator, worrying about how they're going to get out of there, fear of suffocation. She says, yes, ma'am, there is a problem. We're stuck between the 10th and 11th floor and we need some help. She says, no problem. She put the phone down. And she waited. And not too Long after she put the phone down, help came and they were able to take that elevator that was stuck on the fifth floor, on the on the 10th and 11th floor 
to get it to its destination on the 30th, Lord. Now, I, I share that story with you because some of us would represent Cynthia. Even under pressure, we're cool, we're calm because we recognize that regardless of what life brings, we all we have to do is just make a call. Other, others of us are, are, are frantic and, and we're worried and we're concerned and, and we're, we're beating on something that's not going to change until we learn to pick up the phone and make a call. Why do I tell you that? Because whatever situation you're dealing with right now, I need you to know that all you got to do is call on Jesus. He already knows your problem, but he wants you to call on him. So that he can begin to cause all things to work together for good. Amen. Do y'all believe that God wants things to work together for good? In our, in our message this morning, we're talking about, is it profitable? And when we mention it, we're specifically speaking about the word of God. Is, is the word of God profitable? You see, God is interested in, just as you and I are, we're interested in profiting. No one starts a company without the expectation that they're going to make some sort of profit. For those of you who are business owners, you, you, you don't go to work every day in hopes and aspirations that you do not make an increase on what you're putting in. How I many of you know that it's the same way with our Lord? Our, our, our mantra this year is to occupy, occupy until he returns. That means that we're to get busy with the gifts, talents, and abilities that he has blessed us with in order to bring a return to him and to the kingdom. Oftentimes, the Lord would talk about servants. And in one particular instance, he talked about the servants that had talents. And there was one who went and unfortunately, he had one talent and, and he, he went and buried that talent. And he didn't do anything with it. And when the Lord returned, he was looking for an increase on that which, he, which he's given him. Regardless of how many talents that you have, some of us, we spend so much time looking at the talents of other people, wishing we could be them instead of getting busy with the one talent that God has given us. And what God is saying is, I want you to bring profit. Somebody say profit. At the end of our days, when we stand before the Lord, all of us. Matthew, we want to hear these words. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. We all want to hear those words, but it has to do with profit. Are we are we profiting? Are we benefiting from the words that the Lord has left with us in the earth? Are we are we benefiting from it? Paul, as he is instructing his son in the faith, Timothy, he, 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 he begins by saying all scripture is inspired by God and profitable. He says all scripture, not just a little bit of the scripture, but every scripture in this word from Genesis to Revelation is profitable. Knowing that that is that, that every every word, every sentence, every verse in our Bibles is profitable. I often ask myself the question, why do we not spend so much time in it? You ever ask yourself that? Man, if, I, if, if, if all the answers to my life situations and my problems 
are in his word. Then what in the world has more permission in my life and even the audacity to come in and take me away for occasions of studying God's word? Whether that's individually, whether you're in your own Bible study on Sunday mornings or or collectively as we are assembled here today at church or on Wednesday night, we got life groups launching now. What, what is in the way? Is that TV show that important to you that you cannot assemble with the saints just for a minute? To dig into that which is inspired by God. Now, what does it mean when he says, what do you mean, Paul, when, when you're talking about that it's inspired by God? That means that it's God breathed, that God, watch this now, that God has breathed into men of the Bible and they wrote what God gave them. The Holy Spirit spoke to men, ordinary men, farmers. Some were kings. Some were murderers. God can use anybody. And, 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 he, and he uses them to, to, to give us the, the Holy Scriptures. It's, it's inspired by him. Somebody say all Scripture. See, all Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Now, I, wanna, I want you to walk with me. Stay with me. I want you to go to 2 Peter because I need, to, I need you to understand what all Scripture is. Go to 2 Peter if you have your Bibles. If not, they'll bring it on the screen. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I want to start at verse 19 if I could. Keep in mind, man, there's nothing more powerful than the word of God. Many people read books and they get some good information, but they don't get the interpretation. will give you the interpretation of what God wants you to know. What did I tell you to turn? Second Peter, what? All right, Second Peter 1. Just making sure y'all paying attention this morning. Y'all are, praise God. In verse 19, watch this now. The Bible says, this is, this is Peter. So watch this. We have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in our hearts. Let me stop there for a minute. So so what he's saying, he's saying, look, you don't need to look anywhere else. He says, you have a sure word, a sure word. Has anybody ever had a word delivered to you by somebody that wasn't true? Somebody told you, I love you. And then when something happened, there were nowhere to be found. That wasn't a sure word, was it? Uh, some of us, we've even fallen into a, a category where we, we've been promised, we've been waiting all our lives for this particular event to manifest, and, 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 and the qualifier of the loan told us that we qualified, only to find out that when we began the process, we didn't qualify. Man, that is demoralizing. But what, what, Paul, what, what Peter is saying in this particular instance, he's saying, I need you to know that there's a prophetic word made more sure. And what I want you to do is, since it's been proven time and time again, I need you to watch this now to pay attention. Okay, that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, if this word has been proven from generation to generation. See, we serve a God who is the God of generation to generation. And, and he is the God who will cause his word to always manifest 
and to produce what it is uh, set out to produce. So so he says a sure word. Somebody say a sure word. It's a sure word of prophecy. He says, pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. He says, look, in this life is dark. We don't know where we're going sometimes. We don't know how we're going to go. But what I need you to do is to pay attention to this word, because as the psalmist taught us in Psalms 119, 105, my, his word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our paths. God will illuminate dark situations. He will cause you to see things that you didn't see before, but it's going to come through the revelation of what he's already spoken in his word. And when we, when we don't have a lifestyle where we're committed to learning what God says about situations and circumstances, we remain in the dark. And you got to be careful in the dark because there are people walking around in the dark that think they know how to get out of the dark. And then what you find is the blind leading the blind. I'm getting old enough now. <laughs> to recognize that whatever comes out of somebody's mouth that is, quote unquote, a prophetic statement. I'm backing that up with the word of God. Well, the Lord told me, well, wait a minute. Let me make sure I can find that in scripture before I begin to bite off what you're telling me. And unfortunately, many people are living a life based on what somebody said that didn't even align with the scriptures. But we're here to correct that today because all scripture is inspired by God. The Holy Spirit spoke through men, ordinary men, and God didn't need to say anything else. He's already said it. Watch this now. Let me finish this in, in verse 20. It says first uh, second Peter chapter one, verse 20. But know this first of all. That no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation for no prophecy. Somebody say no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. Y'all hear that? He says humans didn't come up with this. He said the scriptures are not man made. There's no private interpretation of the scripture. Isn't this beautiful that God, he, he gave us his word and he says, look, you didn't, you're not going to need. Listen, people, you're not going to need anything else. All you need is my word. You need you need you need. Watch this now. I like to call it the IRAM. You, when, when you're reading my word, you need the interpretation of my word. When you're reading my word, what you're going to get next is the revelation of my word. In other words, those dark areas of your life are now going to be made clearer because you're getting it out of the spirit of truth. And not only are you going to get the interpretation, not only are you going to get the revelation, but here's where the exciting part comes in, where I can begin to apply the word, the application. So now I got I got the revelation of the scriptures and now I begin to apply it to my everyday life. And then what I see is the manifestation. I began to see the manifested word that were on the pages of the Bible that entered into my heart, that brought forth the change where I began to manifest the things that God said I can be and God says I can have in the earth. That's exciting, people. That's exciting. 
He says there's no private interpretation for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from who? They spoke from God. They spoke from God. No prophecy in scripture came about by the writer's own ideas or reasoning, but it came from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the one who speaks truth. God says, I cannot lie. It's not even in my nature to lie. God, God cannot lie. So knowing that God cannot lie, knowing that his word is profitable, why, why am I not spending more time in that which I know is profitable? I'm asking myself this, too. I'm not just asking you this. Why are we not spending more time? God, if all the answers, if all the promises of you in Christ Jesus are yes and amen, then what's the problem? What's, what's in the way of me spending time in your word? You need to understand this, people of God. David said in, in, in 2 Samuel, just put it down, 2 Samuel 23, 2, he says, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me. This is David's swan song as he was getting ready to transition. He says, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. He said, everything that you read on the Psalms that I wrote, it came from him. Everything that you read that I wrote in the scriptures, it came from him. See, God's word is 100 percent reliable and true 100 percent not not 99.9 is 100 percent because 99.9 won't do especially when you're dealing with the devil you got to bring truth are y'all hearing me today it's infallible here's an interesting word uh if you're taking notes infallible amen i-n-f-a-l-l-i-b-l-e somebody say infallible i can't hear you God's word is infallible. What does that mean, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. It means that it's incapable, incapable of making mistakes or errors. His word is true. It's incapable of making mistakes and errors. That's why we can hold on to it. That's why we can gravitate to it. That's why we can depend on it. And that's why it's 100 percent. Not only is the word of God, watch this now, infallible, but it's also inerrant. Inerrant, I-N-E-R-R-A-N-T, inerrant. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. It means free from error, falsehood, or deceit. Free from error, going somewhere now, y'all stay with me. We're just laying the foundation right now. It's free from error, it's free from falsehood, and it's free from deceit. That's why every word, that you come across, if you if you want to to filter that word to make sure it's of God, you, you need to do that through the Holy Scriptures, because there's a lot of I'll show you this in a minute. But there, there's a lot of deceit in the world. OK, there's a lot of deceit and, and things that look good on the outside. Are not so. And see, this is how the enemy works. He loves to dress things up in a fashion where, oh, I just love this. And then before you know it, you've been deceived. You've been deceived. So the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light 
to our path. Some people under the sound of my voice this morning, it's darkness. How do, how do I get untangled from this thing I've allowed to entangle me? It's going to be in the word of God. You're going to have to be obedient to what God says. Your situation will not change until you are obedient to the scriptures. You can read it. You can wear it on your on your T-shirt. You can put it on your bumper sticker. You can have it on your mirror in the morning. But until you're obedient to what God's word says, it's not going to be able to accomplish what it is able to accomplish. What about other people? You mean to tell me you're more concerned about what other people are going to think as opposed to pleasing our almighty God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think? Somebody say you got to be obedient. The level of a believer's maturity is his or her ability to hear from God and then step out by faith and obey what he says. You want to experience some of the best days of your life? Begin to begin get the audacity to obey God, even in the face of the devil. Say, you've been around here too long. I'm going to start being obedient to God. And you're going to have to do some things as a result of that. You have to tell some people something. Thus says the Lord. I've been saying it my whole life, but today, thus says the Lord. Some of y'all are going to have to get some people out. Can I just be honest? Holding on to people that, are, 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 that you think is your God and God saying, you're not going to be able to prosper in the things that I have for you until you let them go. You've got to let them go. Is it, is it profitable? Is, is, the, is the word of God profitable? I love the, the best interpreter of scripture is scripture itself because Paul, he goes on, he says, he says, and, and, and he says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God is God breathed and is profitable. What does profitable mean? That means helpful or serviceable or, or I love this word or it also means advantageous. All right. When, when, when something is profitable, that means that is advantageous. There's an advantage to you and there's an advantage to others as well. Um, Jesus asked the question. Put, put, put your finger there in, in Timothy and flip over with me with Jesus over there in Mark's gospel, chapter eight. Watch this. Mark's gospel, chapter eight, verse thirty four, because we need to know, man, is what I'm doing profitable? In other words, is it going to produce the type of fruit that will bring God glory? That's the question on the table. Watch this now in verse uh, thirty four of chapter uh, eight of, of Mark, the gospel of Mark. The Bible says, and he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life, this is this is deep, will what? Lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels, Will what? For what does it profit? Same word. What, what does it profit man to gain the whole world and forfeit or lose his soul? 
For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There's no, no, amount, of mo- no amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of status that can ever match up with what God has for your soul. Don't sell your soul for the things that are not of God. Can I talk to you this morning? Don't don't sell out to things that have the appearance that it can take care of you. But God is the only one who can do that. That's a place reserved for God. Don't sell your soul, people. Your soul is valuable. Your soul is all you have. Don't 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 sell your soul. Don't, Don't sell out for a cheap thrill. That end up in, in death. The weight of sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. Don't sell your soul. Look at your neighbor and say, don't sell your soul. Whatever you do, don't, don't sell your soul. Don't, don't get so low where you begin to entertain the idea that I'm going to compromise my faith so that I can get immediate satisfaction. Don't sell your soul. Don't sell your soul. Don't forfeit your soul. Don't forfeit your soul. Notice what he goes on to say here. He says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Watch this now. For whatever, whoever, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. If if you're a believer in today's world, you're you're corny. According to the world standards, you're not cool. You're not hip. You're weird. I was talking to somebody, believe in this church. I said, you know what? I'm going to get me a shirt to say I'm weird. I'm going to walk around with it and say, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) But we're weird because he's saying, look, if you're going to be ashamed of me in the midst of all this uh, 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 adulterous world and and, and guess what? I'm going to be ashamed of you. He says, watch this. The adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Man, you 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 got to understand. We're, we're people of the word. We have we have the light. We don't need to bow down and be ashamed and, and trying to. The Bible says be not conformed to, to this world, but be ye transformed. Romans chapter 12. Be ye transformed by the renewing. How do I renew my mind? I renew it in the word of God. OK, how do how do, how do I know? I'm getting ahead of myself. How do I know not to do that? Because I got revelation. Watch this now. Watch this. Let me go on. So somebody say it's profitable. Okay. Paul, uh, what is it profitable for? He gives us four things. All right. And I'm done. I'm getting out your way today. But he gives us four things that is profitable for. Number one, he says, it's profitable for teaching or doctrine. It's profitable for teaching or doctrine. Do y'all believe the word of God is profitable for teaching and doctrine? Notice what he says. He says it's profitable for teaching. Now, now, if we if we're on the road, what 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 teaching is, is it gives us the road to walk on. OK, that's what teaching is. 
Uh, many of us, we were walking our own road. And one day we had an encounter with God where he took us off our own road. And then he showed us the road that we need to walk on. Jesus said in, in John 14, 6, the question was asked. I don't I don't want the disciples says, I don't know the way. And Jesus says, you know what? I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. He's the way. He's the truth and he's the life. But if you if you're honest with yourself, we were on our own road thinking we knew what to do and how to do it until one day he came in and arrested us. And then he put us on the road to walk on. So doctrine or teaching or instruction, it's what Jesus specializes in. Uh, We have to yield to the spirit of God so that we can be taught. Man, why am I not the type of child of God that I should be? Well, maybe I haven't submitted myself to teaching. Maybe I've leaned to my own understanding. Maybe I have, um, uh, this way seems right unto me, but we know the scripture says there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You ever been in some seem right situations? Man, it just seems so right. It seemed right. It, it seemed right. For, it does seem right, right? <laughs> it seems right for, for you to retaliate when somebody says something to you that is unbecoming. Anybody ever been there? All right. All right. I'm going to give them a piece of my, my mind. Yeah. Watch this now. What, what the word of God will instruct you to do is let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And now when that, 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 that opportunity comes to respond, you're responding out of love and not hatred. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me right now? So, so teaching, watch this now. Jesus was the ultimate teacher. There's, there hasn't been a, a better teacher, and there will never be a better teacher than Jesus Christ. Watch this now. Put this in your margin. You don't have to turn there. But in Matthew 5, chapter 1, I love this because this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And that's one of the most powerful sermons in the whole Bible where he begins to teach the people about what it means to uh, live life in the earth. But the Bible says that when Jesus saw the crowds, watch this now, when he saw the crowds, uh, he, he went up unto a mountain. That's what he did. So it's a large crowd of people. They're seeking Jesus. And what he does is he goes up into a mountain. And after he sat down. He got set in a place. His disciples came to him. Watch this. He opened his mouth and began to teach. Find yourself in this now. He, he, it, it was a crowd of people, but they took time to sit at the feet of Jesus so that they could hear what he was saying. See, if you're if you're too busy where you can't take the time to hear from God, then you're just too busy. See, when, when, when Mary and Martha were contending for uh, they, they were trying to prepare the house for Jesus and one of them had it right. Jesus told Mary, he said, you, 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 told, you chose the right thing. She sat at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was so busy doing things that she was missing the opportunity that was right there before them. And in fact, she even called her sister out. She said, Lord, I'm doing all this work and here this girl sitting here at your feet. So she's chosen the greater thing. See, you, 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 your priority will determine your destiny. 
if, if the word of God is important to you, you'll make it a priority to get into the word of God. Somebody say, well, I don't have time. Turn off the television. How much time do you spend on television or even on social media? I know I got that's That's probably half your day right there. Right. So so let's stop telling a lie that we don't have time because we do. Am I right? All right. So teaching, teaching, we have to be taught. What are we being taught? We're being taught the scriptures, the the uh, the, the the authority of God's word. In first Thessalonians, chapter two, verse 13. Watch this now. The word. The, the question is, is it profitable? Paul says this to the Thessalonians. He says in first Thessalonians two and 13, he says, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. All right. What right now you're receiving the word of God as for, I'm a conduit getting the word to you. Watch what Paul says here. He says, when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, here it is. You accepted it not as the word of man, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you. Who what do you believe? Do you believe? Jesus says, he says, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. If we believe, that means that we're going to be obedient under the power of the Holy Spirit to walk out the life that God is wanting us to walk out. But notice it's, it's the promises to those who believe. Do, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe what we're reading this morning? And then you remember the great commission that he gave us over there. I'm talking about teaching right now over there in Matthew 18 and 18. Notice what he says. He says, and Jesus came and spake to them. This is the disciples saying Matthew 28, 18. He says, all authority is what is given to me in heaven and on earth. He said, look what that, that authority is not the word um, for dynamite, but it's the word exousia, meaning that he has all authority in heaven and in earth. Now, that's who I want to roll with. You mean you got all authority in heaven and the earth? Uh, yeah, I'm with him. All right. All right. So. He got all authority in heaven and in earth. But watch what he leaves here. He says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Here it is. Underscore it. Teaching them. Teaching them what? To observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So teaching, watch this now, it shows us the road to walk on. Okay? If you need to be taught how to be a single for God, he will teach you how to be a single. He'll get you on the road to live a single life that will bring him glory. For those of you who are married or thinking about getting married, in the scriptures, there is precept upon precept, line upon line of how you are to live as a husband and a wife. Uh, if you're a church member and you're in leadership, there is a instruction, a precept. If you're a member of a church, there's there are instructions and precept. What that does, it gets us on the road to where we can begin to experience success 
for God and for God alone. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. Everything you'll find in the scripture, there is an instruction for that. The second thing he says, not only is it profitable for teaching, but it's also profitable for reproof. Now, this is important. Watch this now. Reproof. What is reproof? It shows us where we got off the road. So if teaching got us on the road, reproof shows us where we got off the road. It's proof that which a thing is proved or tested, it should bring conviction. Anybody ever got off the road? You're off the road now because you ain't telling the truth. (laughs) We all have gotten off the road. But thank God for reproof. What reproof did, it it, it showed us and said, hey, you, you you were running well, but somebody came and hindered you. And, and you got off the road that I had you on that was leading you closer and closer towards me. So we thank God for reproof because all of us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've done things that are not pleasing to God. We've stepped in, we stepped off the, the path that he had for us. And, and thank God for the Holy Spirit's reproof. Thank that he showed us where we got off. Hey, you need to go back and ask that person to forgive you because of what you did. That's a reproof. Hey, the way you spoke to your wife this morning, that's not how you speak to your wife. Go, go back and speak and, and, and clear that up. Hey, the relationship you're in right now, now you know better than that. You know better that you're not supposed to be in that type of relationship. That's reproof. He's pointing out the errors to you. Watch this now. I like to use this one. Um, now, now you know that teller gave you too much money at the bank. He's pointed it out. Now, you know, you need to go and take that back because by the, at the end of the day, she's going to be looking for that fifty dollars that she gave you. That's reproof. See, see, when you're in the when you're in the truth and the spirit of God, that stuff. See, see, when you understand that God will take care of your needs and you got fifty dollars that was in error. That ain't no blessing. Go give it back to that lady so she can keep her job. You better stop. Thank. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. No. Go give it back. Because if you was in that position. I know I'm talking to somebody today. Somebody kept that $20. But 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 reproof, it shows us where we got off. Uh, Now, watch this. Now, there's some proverbs I want to show you as it relates to reproof. Reproof shows us where we got what? Off. Okay, we got off. All right. Reproof. And God will use people in your life to bring reproof to you. And you get mad at them. You cut them off. You don't want to talk to them no more. But what they were, they were just point. They were just pointing out something to you. I ain't got time to talk about the can't judge me statement, but we'll talk about that later. But um, in Proverbs 12 and one, watch this. A few Proverbs. The Bible says this in Proverbs 12 and one. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. <laughs> Pastor, call me stupid. No, I'm just I'm reading from the scripture that's been inspired of the Holy Spirit. Keep flipping over to Proverbs 15 and 10. Watch this. Proverbs 15 and 10. Grievous punishment is for him who forsakes the way. He who hates reproof will die. 
Find yourself in that. I, I know, I, I know, man, I, I can speak for myself. If, if there were some things that I that were exposed in my life that the Holy Spirit showed me that were in error and I had continued doing that, I wouldn't be before you today. And I think many of you could probably say the same thing. But God is serious about his word. Is it profitable? It adds years to our life when we obey it. We get wisdom. We get understanding. Watch this last last proverb. Go to Proverbs 15. You're still there. Go, go down to 31 and 33. Watch this now. Is it profitable? He whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof, life-giving reproof, will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord, watch this, is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. Are y'all hearing this today? So, so reproof, it, it will bring an area of life that will show us where we got off the path. Show us where we got off the path. And our destiny depends on how we respond to reproof. How do we respond to reproof? We respond by correction. Okay? So the word of God is profitable for teaching or doctrine. It's, it's profitable for reproof. Watch this now. It's profitable. This is a good one. It's profitable for correction. What is correction? Correction, watch this. It shows us how to get back on the road. I'm off the road, and what correction does, what, the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll come and he'll correct us. And he'll, show, he'll, he'll, he'll actually get us back on, on the road. I, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about a natural example that occurred to me. I was thinking about how many tickets have I gotten from police officers? No, y'all probably ain't never got a ticket, but your pastor's gotten a ticket. And... And I was, I was reminded of, I, I haven't gotten a lot of tickets, but I've gotten a lot of warnings. And I remember the two warnings specifically that I got, one in Atlanta after coming from a Braves game years ago. I'm driving, styling and profiling. <laughs> but I'm on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> Blue lights come on. I'm getting agitated. Why did, what, what, I, ain't, I didn't even do it. I got my argument already, already set. And the police knocks on my window with his flashlight. He says, sir, did you know you're on a one-way street? Now, wouldn't I look crazy if I rebutted what that police officer said to me? You just pulling me over because, you know, all that stuff. I was wrong. Had I continued driving on the wrong side of the street, I would have done damage not only to myself, my car, but even to other people. So he brought correction. It happened again to me. Dolphin Street Mobile. Riding down Dolphin Street. Blue lights come on. I'm frustrated. I'm like, man, what? Are, what's, what's, what's he pulling me up? Why is he? Oh, police officer gets out of his car. He knocks. With his flashlight on the window. I'm ready to let him have it. He says, sir, did you know you're driving on the wrong side of the street? (laughs) 
I said, I said, yes, sir. And what I did is the right thing. I, I, I listened to him. I turned around and I went the other way. It's the same way with the Lord. When the Lord is trying to bring correction in your life, he's going to knock on your window to get your attention somehow. And then when you put down your window, you can say whatever you need to say because it's not going to align to the truth that he's trying to get you to align to. But, Lord, you don't know my past. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know God. I was abused. I was I was I was all these things. And God is saying, no, you're going the wrong way. He said, what I need you to do is repent. I need you to turn around and I need you to go in the other direction. I need to I need to bring correction to the journey that I set for you because you got off. Something happened to you. Something came to your remembrance that that told you that you were that person. I never created you to be that person. Man, thank God for correction. You know, people leave a church because of correction. When, when people are corrected, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to adhere to the correction or you're going to go. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to join another church and you're going to get corrected there. You're going to leave that church. You're going to get corrected there. You're going to go to another church. You're going to get corrected there. So forth and so on. But, man, one of the one of the greatest things that can happen to us. Is for us to be corrected by the Lord. The Bible says that God chastens those whom he loves. What's that word, chasten? What do you mean, God? Remember uh, back in the day for some of us, maybe not all of us, but your parents would say, or your grandmama, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. But the reason I'm doing this is because what? I love you. I love you. And then after you got that whooping, are you sure you love me? (laughs) But correction is essential. It's profitable, profitable, profitable for correction. Correction of what? God's word. Man, if we've been one one of the things and I'll say this as I'm bringing this to a close. But but one of the benefits we've had, we just done. We just completed 24 weeks of men's ministry where we learned about being an authentic man. 24 weeks straight where we learned about being an authentic man and what we had to come to grips with. Man, we need some correction. Grown men who need correction. We needed some correction. And thank God through his word and through. See, watch this now through sharing of testimony with others overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't be ashamed to share what God has brought you through with to other people. People need to hear that. They need to know that God is who he says he is and that regardless of what you've been through, he's still God. But correction through teaching, through good teaching, let me say that through good teaching will, will bring about, um, an improved life and an improved character for for your life. The last thing he says, not only is it profitable for doctrine or teaching, not only is it profitable 
for reproof. Doctrine and teaching shows us how to get on the path. Reproof shows us where we got off the path. It's profitable for correction. Correction shows us how to get back on the path. Are y'all hearing me today? Some of us are in reproof state. Some of us are in correction state. And God is saying, look, I'm letting you live long enough so that you can get back on the path. Training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. It, it, It shows us how to stay on the path. It shows us how to stay on the road. Now that you've been corrected, I'm going to show you how to finish strong. I'm going to show you how to I'm going to show you really how to how to how to finish strong. See, just as a note here, when he talks about the man of God, it's a term which stands particularly for all Christian teachers, but is applicable to every Christian worker. Note this, the, the, the significant stress on thoroughness is preparation for the work of God. Go to, uh, I'm ending with my last scripture. Go to uh, Eddie, go to Ephesians chapter four. Preparation. Are, are you prepared to do the work that God has called you to do? Have you, have you even received the work that God has called you to do? God has called all of us for a, a work. For the benefit of his body. It's not about you. It's about the Lord Jesus. Watch this now. Ephesians chapter four, and I'm ending with this. Start at verse 11. Watch this. And I'm ending here. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of service to the building up of the body. How long? Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to become children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in what? In love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is him. Thank you. Who is the head, even Christ for whom, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in what? Now I'm almost done. Watch this, 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer, this is my This is my appeal to us as a church that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the brutality of their mind being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance 
that is in them because of the hardness of their hearts and they having become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you, somebody say, but you, you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former matter of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit and that you be renewed in your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. I wanted the word to do the work. Man, if you if you, if, if, if you are being corrected of God, there's going to be evidence of your life that you being corrected. There's going to be evidence. I, I know people and there are people in our congregation even who can tell you that it is profitable to exchange the life that they had for the word of God. It replaced the desire and the urge that our the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's the only way the enemy can get, try to get to you. But man, when you replace that with the with, with, with the with the spirit has to offer us, you'll, you'll never thirst again. The Bible says that it's like rivers. Rivers with an S. It's like rivers of living water. Flowing inside of you. I remember a few years ago as I closed with this. Deacon Bruce, I don't think you ran with me that year, but I ran the Isaiah trail. And thank God I finished. It was it, it was profitable. I got my body. Body exercise profited little, but godliness profited a lot. But but it was it was a little bit profitable that day. And I'll never forget the image of what I saw when I came across the finish line. Men, women. Boys and girls. Black, white, yellow. All of us. were thirsty. And all of us ran to the table that had water on it. And all of us grabbed the cups that were on that table. And all of us partook in that water. Why? Because we were thirsty. And one thing we knew about water, one thing we knew that was true about water, is that it will replenish us. And it will give us strength and ability to continue where we fell short. Why'd I tell you that, people, God? Are you thirsty today? Are you thirsty for truth? Are you thirsty to be refreshed and to be revived and to be corrected and, to, and for your reproof to be pointed out? Are you, are you thirsty today? Well, there's a table that's waiting for me and for you. And, and it's the water. It's, 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 it's Jesus the Christ, the God man, who's sitting there waiting with his arms wide open and saying, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He says, my burden is easy. He says, my yoke is light. He says, stop trying to figure it out on your own and begin to allow the all scripture that's inspired of God to get you on the track, to point out where you got off the track. 
to correct you, to get back on the track, and then to show you the way as you're back on the track. If you're with me today, I just want you to stand to your feet as a declaration that, God, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm with you today. I'm selling out, and I'm giving my whole life to you because I recognize that your word is profitable. Do you believe in the profitability of God's word? Man, his word, the Bible says it will go forth and it will not come back void. Why? Because it's profitable. It will accomplish everything that it was sent out to do. Do you believe in him today? The God man? Have you received him? Truly received him as Lord? Is there evidence in your life that Jesus is the Christ of your life? Today, I want to make an appeal to you. For those of you who may be here today, I don't want another day to pass in your life before you receive him as Lord and Savior.